Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. For the Bobby Eaton Show. Yeah. You'll want speaking of music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby show for today. Dr. Umar Johnson is in the house. Let me get situated right here. Things going on. And Dr. Umar Johnson is going to be in the house and uh, we're waiting for his arrival. Meanwhile, All right. Hey, this is Bobby Eaton. Hey, I want to apologize for all the okay. difficulties. So stick around. We've got a show going on. Uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, I won't be able to do it. Looks like we got some technical difficulties. But this is the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way. So stick around and we'll be right back. Tell a family member, tell a friend, dial 6 Seven one six five five two five, and tell them don't forget to press that one button. Okay. Hey boy, would you meet me on Saturday night? I got a surprise.
Oh, yeah, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories all week. 
I'd like to once again apologize for the rebroadcast of Dr. Umar Johnson's show, but we're going to be letting you listen to the journey to justice and reconciliation with Dr. Tiffany Crutcher. So stick around, okay? It's time for the Bobby Eaton Show. And there it is. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you at on the globe. Hey, and welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. And this is where we stories our way. And in the studio, hey, I got a new co-host sitting in right now. Sherry Lasky, how we doing? I'm doing fine, Bobby. Okay, how was your day today? My day was very, very busy. Busy? Yes, yes. What were you doing? What was so busy about it? Running around, running around, chasing. Running, chasing children. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, good, good, good. Well, is it going to be that way tomorrow? That way tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Next day, and the de- next day, and the day after that, it's gonna remain the same until they settle down. Till they settle down, huh? Okay. Well, great. Glad to have you. And uh, we got a great show today. Uh, we got Doctor Tiffany Crutcher's in the house. The journey to justice and reconciliation. We're gonna be talking about that. She's brought a crew of women with her. You know, we're gonna be digging in that. Meanwhile, uh, been hot. Oh man, it is. So hot. It's hot, hot, hot. We're right now in a heat warning. The temperature is actually 97 degrees, but it feels like 112 degrees. It's hot. Yeah. Yeah, me and my dad were, we were out there in it today. You know, we were ripping and running in those streets, and the heat was out. They say the heat is on, huh? Yeah, the heat is on. We're hydrating, drinking a lot of water while we're out there. It's a little humid. Mm-hmm. And when it's humid, that makes them worse. Yeah, so right there. People need to replace their sweat with good water. Good water. Not, you know, need old-fashioned H2O. Mm-hmm. And, and also, take care, take care of the pets. Now, the pets, pets out and about, dogs, you know, yeah. dogs and cats and things. And make sure they're hydrated with plenty of water. Absolutely. You know, and, t- and also, look in on a senior. You know, right. always telling people, look here, the heat's on. Uh, check on a senior Make sure a senior has proper ventilation for air conditioning or something. And if you can contribute a fan or something if they don't have it or something like that. But check in on our seniors. Right. Make sure know. they get because they're the first ones that lock out. When yeah. They get I'm always saying volunteer for the seniors, yeah. you know, and single parent moms with children, you right. know. So we got to look after those in our community because it's all about community. You know, it's all about community. If you're not doing community, you ain't doing nothing. You know, just huh? taking up taking up space, and that's just what you're doing. Well, you can dial that number six four six seven six five five two five, and don't forget to press the one button if you want to talk on the air, Doctor Crutcher, and uh, we're gonna be chopping it up. It's, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a good show. Well, you think you think so? I hope so. Yeah, I have a lot of good information, so I know it is. Yeah, no, it's gonna be good. Yes. Right, it's gonna be like that. All right, we're going to take a break, and we're going to bring uh, 
uh, of our guests here in a minute. And okay. on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. And boy, in the studio, Dr. Tiffany Crutcher, how are we doing? Hey, my All right. Hey, 
me stop this right quick. I got to hit some buttons. Okay. <laughs> How are we doing? Get close to that mic right there. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I need you right up in there. There you go. Right, right good. How are you doing? Well, how are you? Good, long time, huh? Long time. Yeah. Always good to be in the studio with you and uh, yeah, Everybody? telling our stories our way. Yeah. So I appreciate all you do. That's great. For those of us who don't know, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you're born and raised and where you live in and all that kind of good stuff. I think a lot of people want to know, you know, one minute they see me here, the yeah. I'm in Alabama, but born and raised here in Oklahoma, born and bred. Song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, grew up, went to see Washington Hornet, High School, uh, a proud Hornet, uh-huh. Barbara Middle School, Emerson Elementary. So, hey, this is, you know, North Tulsa is in my DNA. Uh, left and uh, moved to Montgomery, Alabama, and I've been there about 15 years. 15 years. 15 what, years. What to my own private practice okay. in rural Alabama, the Black Belt, um, to go and fight health disparities and increase access to health care for uh, marginalized communities and black people in Alabama and pretty much all around the country, we are at the top of the list for all of the top. Mm-hmm. And so um, I equality, no matter what genre it was in. And so healthcare, that was it, trying to close that disparity gap and, and just educate my community on the resources that are out there as it relates to health and wellness. And I've done that for, for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And of course, everyone knows what happened to Terrence, mm-hmm. my twin brother back in 16. And man, a major shift took place in my life. And I decided that, hey, it's time for me to transition out of healthcare and just felt like movement needed me mm-hmm. much more. And so this past December, I left my clinical practice and came back home to get on the front lines and, and fight for justice. So you are still commuting back and forth or are you just here in Tulsa now? Uh, I go back home to check on my home. I still mm-hmm. have a home there, okay. but for the last eight months, I've been here primarily uh, the entire year. I've probably been in Alabama maybe six or eight weeks this year total. Okay. 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 I'll introduce her. Uh, get to here. I'm excited to have on the Tonight, some of my freedom fighting, justice okay. comrades, soul sisters, community activists, Mrs. Onika Asamoah Caesar, who is going to be honored this year at our third annual Terrence Crutcher Foundation Memorial Gala. I'm just in awe of this young lady. Um, I call her my mini me because yeah. I heard her speak okay. one day and I said, this, this young lady is powerful. And then I had a chance to time with her and get to know her and, and get to know how she thinks and and just fell in love with her and loved everything that she stands for and she's doing some amazing things and I'm gonna let her tell you yeah, uh, about yeah. some of the things she's doing yeah, because she, it's just amazing. Speaking of Onika, she has an amazing husband as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. You know, and uh, contributed some things here at E Media Services with the Juice Radio Show. Yes. You yes. know, I came on the show and I said uh said, man, we need a laptop. And he went out there and got that laptop. And he raised about 2,800 books, you know, and brought that laptop to the juice. They're all excited. Now we're doing some uh, production. So great. And you got a great husband. Welcome to the show. 
them the mini Barack. Absolutely, they, they are amazing. Okay. Yes, that's yes. a good way to put it. That's a good way to. Now I'm just involved in a lot of things going on here in the community, and you're opening up a business. Tell us a little bit. First of all, where are you from? So I'm a little bit from all over the. Place. I was raised in Southern California. I finished school in Lloyd called Hazelhurst in Mississippi, yep. um, and now I. Great, that's fine, fine. So, are you enjoying your stay here in Tulsa? Oh, I'm loving my stay here in Tulsa. Okay, in Tulsa. Yeah. How long you been here now? So, I came back in 2013 with Teach for America. Okay. Um, stayed for two years. I did Tulsa. wasn't quite my flavor. My husband and I left to Denver, Colorado, but uh, we were drawn to time in a region. Stay back to T Town, huh? Yep. Okay, well, great, great. So, what you have a business that you're starting up, or you already have, or tell our audience a little bit about what you what you got involved with. Yes, yeah, so I'm opening Fulton Street Books and Coffee. Our doors will be open before 2019 is over. In a labor of love, it is a place for me to really focus on community building, place making, and building educational literacy here in Tulsa. Um, I love. To stories, and I've built a space with the stories of my parents um, and my peers in mind. Hmm. And so, before the years out, you're going to open this uh, place up with books and coffee? And, uh, we'll have books, coffee, a full bar, um, walk in for my people of color. Uh, we get to feel what white people feel every time they walk into a Barnes & Noble. We right. still walk into Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. but 70% of our books will be featuring people of color. Um, right, and right. so, Folks will be able to walk in and feel themselves and see themselves reflected in every shelf. Mm-hmm. Book reading sessions and things like that. We'll have book place. readings, author signings, poetry nights, music nights. Um, one of the things I'm excited about is the human library. It comes from the concept of sitting at the feet of your elders, which is that people used to do. Um, and really just being able to build bridges across lines of difference by sitting across from someone and hearing their story. That's great. That's great. Well, hey, moving on along. It's Christy. Hey, hey. Yeah, how we doing? Christy Williams is in the house, and uh, you're just all over the place. <laughs> I'm gonna say no that introduction. Right now. Everybody knows Christy. <laughs> they know, they're all. You know, she's all over the place. And tell us a little bit about yourself, since everybody already knows. Some of our listeners may not know who you are, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, everyone knows my name is Christy, uh, Orisha B.E. Um, I'm from Philadelphia. I came here in the sixth grade. Um, my mother is from Oklahoma, my is from Philly. So I always say I have the best of both worlds. Um, and, you know, I'm just in love with my community. And yeah, you love it. It's just in me. Yeah. I come from that. That's what we do. And so uh, you're on the uh the uh, African Affairs Commission. Mm-hmm. Right? Tell us a little bit about that because it was a struggle even getting that started, you know? It was. Um, it's the Greater Tulsa African American Affairs Commission uh, and Sherry Lasky also helped us form that. Um, it was a long fight. We protested in the snow, the rain, the heat. Um, not only did we protest, we you know, we were in City Hall, we petitioned, we we did everything on all sides. 
to make this to make it happen. Um, it is something very dear to me. I don't think people take it as seriously, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think rightfully so. But uh, it, it definitely was a a long fight. It was a very long fight, mm-hmm. and so we just have to stick to it. We have things to be coming out that's going to really be interesting. Uh, Thomas Boxley, Thomas Boxley, who's our chair, um, we've really put together some things that's going to be coming out after nineteen. Um, it's going to be powerful. Powerful, so, Sherry. You well, were Sherry right now. Yeah, not yet. Okay. Not not okay. You, you were in with her doing some of the protesting well, and stuff as well. We were out the <laughs> all the elements mm-hmm. in all the elements protesting and you know when I moved away came back and I noticed we were the only only group of people in Tulsa that did not have representation fixed in the city structure you know those you just had you have to be a part of you know a lot of people and you know talked about folks that were protesting but sometimes and get you what you need. Mm-hmm. It made some noise. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So our current mayor, uh, G.T. Bond, our current mayor, tell us I think he's better than what we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe in pushing, uh, pushing, 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 to push him. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's pushable. <laughs> He's pushable. Um, okay. And and you know it's 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 work. You it's know a it's a challenge. It's it's not as you know just to be frank. Um, do we may or do do we Bartlett? We couldn't get anywhere with him. Mm-hmm. But GT does show signs where we can really really push him, and mm-hmm. we you just can't be fooled by the illusion. Um. And it's nothing wrong with pushing our political leaders. Um, and I think sometimes we have grown accustomed to that's not the proper way you do things. That's not, you know, everyone want to go with the status quo. But you have great leaders are, are, are made. They're not born. They are made. And they're only made through, through pushing. I call it shaking trees, and sometimes you have to do some pressure. You, huh? you, gotta, you gotta put that pressure on them to get what you to get what you want. Well, uh, it sounds like you're putting pressure on GZ to get what you want, and it's, yes. it's starting to happen. Mm-hmm. So we need to uh, do some things. Well, it's Tiffany. We are here on the show, and it's titled "Journey to Justice and Reconciliation," and it's your title. What did you mean by that when you gave that to me? Uh, and what was on your mind? Well, a number of things. Um, you know, we've been in this fight since Terrence was killed, going on three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a few weeks, we will be, I would say, the third anniversary of his death, September 16th. And we started a foundation, the Terrence Crutch Foundation. And the first we had to how to turn that pain and trauma into purpose. Mm-hmm. And we did just that by forming the Terrence Crutcher Foundation. Then year two, we started to kind of figure out where we were going. And we knew that we needed to make some demands, as as Christy just mentioned, and we wanted police reform. And I remember the, I think it was May 17th, 20, was it 18 or 17, when 
Shelby was acquitted. I was there that night. You were there that mm-hmm. night, and I made a vow to the world to that until I transformed Tulsa's police department. And I know there's been a lot of people in the city. They pushed, they've demanded. And so I said, I'm going to use this situation and keep pushing and build on what the people behind me, what they've done. I said I would not rest. And so we had to figure out a strategy, a blueprint to get to that point. And so we started sending, we started sending letters. And so I that campaign, the Make Them Hear campaign. So every week I mobilize. I tell people, go and share your story. Go and share your story. Go and let them hear you. And that they hear you. And, and so we did that for almost a year. And at the city council, and we had Council Paul Harper there. She was really pretty much one that was hearing us. The other, her other colleagues didn't really want to do it. It was just too controversial. And finally, we got some new counsel in there, got her some help. And we finally got that vote to pass, 9-0. I think we packed out City Hall. I think everyone was there. Onika was there, Christy. I mean, for overflowing, I mean, on the outside yeah, and I overflow know. rooms. And um, they heard that night. And I had to do something so traumatic to me. I don't even think I'm still over it, where I brought my brother's belongings from that scene, his bloody clothes, everything that was that because a lot of times you have to write them so they can see, so they can see it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they saw you. This is what did that night crystallize a lot of things in people's heads. And the turning point, I think you did something major, which was people together. It's people think that this city has been asleep for so long. And what you did, that was the power moment. And the analysis that I think it may have been Chief. He said, you the Emmett Till, La Mamie Till, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because she did that same thing where mm-hmm. the whole world could see. And so we made that happen. And so here we are, year three, journey to justice and reconciliation. And so I think we've done some historical things. This has never happened. We've never had the mayor, the police chief, the mm. city council, these public hearings, five hours, of the people and so this year I'll take people on a journey them to look back just to see what power looks like to see what we've done because a lot of times in, in community you know after someone gets out, we all get together we're angry and then it eventually dies down oh, yeah. and there's no consistency but what we've done, we've showed people what consistency looks like, what the like, and what actual change looks like. You know, we said, you know, we're going to do it a little bit different. We reforms, we want policy change. That's council all hard thing. We can march, we can protest, we can kick and scream all day long. But if there's no plan behind that marching, and it's simply a parade. Mm-hmm. And so we actually put a blueprint in place and we are following it to a team. We have the right people in place. We've brought people together. I think I'm notorious for coalition building because I know I can't go to war alone. Mm-hmm. Go with people. 
I decided to bring the best of us together, like your Oscars and your Christians and your African ancestral society and, and, and Evangelical Davis and just people from the United Christianology. They've been there every step of the way. And, and it's just been simply amazing the movement. And and now we even brought in national people, the NAACP. Um, they've come on board. They've poured resources into Tulsa because they've seen the practice, the pattern history that Tulsa has. And so we're doing something simply remarkable, historical. And I think we're at the precipice of policy change in this city just to hear the police officers every month, you know, share with that yeah, yeah have a problem acknowledging I'm seeing a shift on the council. You know, they're seeing they gotta but we can do better. That's pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Let me show you this is Tulsa versus you know, you don't even really have to answer Is that question. Tulsa a racist city? I'll just say this. Those railroad tracks at Archer still symbolize the same thing they symbolized almost 100 years ago. All you have to do is come to Tulsa and open your eyes and look and see. Well, you know, I, I just feel like it's really racist. It's a racist city uh, full of white folks and stuff like that who don't understand black culture. For one, you know, and a lot of a lot of times uh, they'll come into our community what they want to do in our community without consulting us. So a lot of that. Then another thing is we're conscious of who we are, you know, as people. And uh, when you got a corrupt police force and they just what they call their jobs, and they come over into our community and they don't live in our community and they don't know our culture and you know because they pull say they pull home all of a sudden hey man why are you pulling me over they take offense to that you know and he may be just culturally just talking normally the way he talks every day and uh, they do like they did uh brother you know he had his hands up in the air and they shot him you know they and just, even from up in the air they, they said just, he looked like a bad dude and they shot him they shot this brother you know and it didn't have to happen you know but i think culturally they don't have cultural training they fear black people so anytime you know oh there's a black man i'm gonna put my hand on my gun because i want to blow him away now i can say this i'm talking you know we tell our stories our way over here <laughs> you know i don't i don't care i'm not you know controlled by nobody but sometimes uh we police officers in our community to patrol who we know. Because there used to be a time in our community where we had black police officers and you could just, hey man, how are you doing? They would break up fights. They would break up things and, you know. And they would protect us from the, the corrupt white officers. The corrupt white officers. Uh, we had some police officers, I think it was last month, they came and spoke, retired officers, mm-hmm. and shared uh, stories with us. Uh, the issues with inclusion mm-hmm. and lack of black officers. I mean, the fact that the Black Officers Coalition had to sue their own entity says mm-hmm. says a lot within itself. Christy can tell you more about that that lawsuit yeah. where they yeah. had to put a consent decree yeah, in us. place. Tell us, Christy, about that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still stuck on you asking. 
racism in a racist city. Yeah, well, that's, um, what, that's what it is. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's, it's racist. It, all, all of that, you know. I'm like, not sugarcoating. I'm just telling the truth. Right. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about police department we have to go back you know, police originally was about slave patrol that's it and they're still doing it today and when we talk about these cases um there were 40 families that had been affected right here in Tulsa back in the 90s you probably know more about the, uh, the year when that that happened when they was planting drugs on uh, black men here in Tulsa mm -hmm. and they got caught doing it and they had to let go 40, I think it was like 44 uh, black Africans. They let them go because they were, they, they, they were locked up. It, it, they were innocent. Mm. They had drugs planted on them. And they had little time, you know, for what, for what they've done. But you don't think about the families that that was affected by that. You know, so when we when we go back and we just keep doing cases, this it's it's the good boy system, one after another, one after another, one after another, one after another. And then when we when you ask is this a racist city, it's beyond the police department. Oh, that's what it, it's yeah. politically, it's economically, it, it is destroying us. And all we have to do is just look around and see it, you know, it's it's everywhere. It is everywhere. But yet we want to be one Tulsa. Mm -hmm. And, and if we call it white rage, um, <laughs> it's not acute. It's not people running around with Confederate symbols on their shirt or Klansmen with the white robes. Mm -hmm. It is so subliminal. Oh, yeah. uh, you see it through the policy and the procedures, through the yep. judicial system. You see it in our schools, the segregation. I mean, it's so subliminal. Yeah. And and, and and they're really upset at the 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 smart, intelligent black people who demand better. They don't like that. Well, I have a That's what we call you. white rage. Right, Shanika right. can really speak on that. No, I mean when when we're talking about this Tulsa racist, the thing that comes to mind for me is two things. One, my dad would always say there's nothing new under the sun, right? And I was like, oh, my dad don't know what he's talking about. My dad is right, and all I have to do is look at the of so many that has come before us to validate exactly what we are feeling today. Right? He said, I don't know if the people in housing are racist, but I know that I'm segregated. Exists right here in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. We're segregated right here. I don't know if the education system is racist, but the quality of education on the South Side is mm -hmm. better than the quality of education mm -hmm. for our babies on the North Side. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the healthcare system is racist, but I know that black women are more likely to die giving birth than well, if, you know, economists are racist, but I know that black wealth has declined by over 75% since 19, early 1980. And so we are experiencing the very same thing. You can go back 160 years, 50 years, and look at the words of those who came before us, and they ring true today. I don't know what's in people's hearts. But I know that my quality of life is not the same as a white person in Tulsa is not the same mm -hmm. as a white person in America. Which, which goes back to your question. It goes back to those railroad tracks. Why can we only have, do we have a quality grocery store over here? No. I'll do, again, it's open your eyes. I've had so many people come to this city 
and, and they see the difference. Mm-hmm. They will say, oh, yeah, we've crossed the other side of the tracks. Oh, for sure. All you have to do is open your eyes and see the, 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 the difference. See, our, going back to our children and the, where we live and the people in our community, okay? I want you guys to see we've become so used to this being their norm. Mm. This is your norm, and you don't see a way out. How do you encourage people to continue to support you? Because you guys work 24-7 plus another 18 hours on top of what you're doing. How do you get people behind you to, to support your cause? It's hard. You know, just going out canvassing and knocking on doors and, and sharing the community, this is what we're doing, this is why we're here. Nothing's gonna happen. We've been waiting on something to happen for years. Why are you all wasting your time? And it's just that generational trauma um, that we've dealt with. Willie Lynch talks about the making of a slave. It wasn't mm-hmm. physically he was talking about. We can break you down mm-hmm. and chain you up physically. His goal was to break it's, you down mentally and. and and mm-hmm. he knew that that was going to affect us for generations to come. And so we have to truly, truly, truly do some work on our mindset as a community. Because whenever there's a, a community issue, it requires the community response. And we have to figure that out. We have to take control of our community. But, you know, I get really tired of us conflating, you know, issues and blaming for our own yes. oppression. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, we're not looking at systemic oppression and how all of this was created. We we fall into that trap mm-hmm. as black people, and, and especially the ones who made it out. That's, you get what I'm saying? And I always ask I people, to, would you put your kids, even though you can afford to go to private school, would you put your kids mm-hmm. in school over here mm-hmm. or in school on the north side? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 wait for the answer. Well, one yeah. thing that one thing that they did was uh, for Booger T. Washington, for example, was a pillar hub of North Tulsa at Absolutely. one time. I mean, it was the place to be. You know, you had two four schools uh, and Marion Anderson fed, and then you had uh, Dunbar that fed Carver, Bunch that fed Anderson, and it was all about Booger T. Washington. But when they they said integration because we ain't never been integrated to me. You know, that's never happened. But what those white people said, well, if our kids got much money over there and we're going to make it this awesome school to where you have to have a certain grade point average. You got to have all this. You can stay across the street from Booger T and can't even attend mm-hmm. unless you qualify to go to this school. And so what what it did is it broke up the, the North community. the community. It shipped our children in a various and broke the community down, you know, because they didn't like what they were seeing, you know, coming out of there because black people were starting to thrive. Because there was a time here in North Tulsa, you didn't have to go nowhere for nothing. We had several grocery stores. Right. We had huh? We had grocery stores, we had dry cleaners, dry cleaners, movie theaters. I mean, everything was here. Yeah. We had cab services. We had people. There were in this community 
who fought and built stuff for black people yeah. right here in North Tulsa, yeah. you know, and so we was all here. People, We didn't actually start probably even going to the South Side until about, what, somewhere in the late 80s? Didn't go. Yeah, and I, think, and I think part of what you're talking about is really the failures of integration. Because mm-hmm. while we didn't necessarily physically integrate, our dollars were integrated into an economy. We were not integrated into that economy. That's right, mm-hmm. that black dollar. And when Dr. Crutcher talks about internalized oppression, we have to tie that to economy as well. When we were segregated, we had no choice but to see the black doctor. We had no choice but that grocery store and had internalized oppression we could not act on it in a way that harmed our black economic ecosystem, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so once people had the opportunity, right, to act on this belief that white is better, white is right, our dollars bleeding of the community, oh, and yeah. there was not reciprocal dollars coming into the black community. Mm-hmm. The white ice is colder than the black man's ice. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> you know, that, that's true. But you know, what's so unique about um, Tulsa, um, and I'm going to swing it back to Sherry's question. Um, well, in Oklahoma period, um, you know, when we do our tours, when Chief and I do our tours, we really talk about how Oklahoma was almost an all-black state. For sure. And talk about segregation, because you hear a lot of people say, uh, you know, it, black water agreement would not have been what it was if it wasn't for segregation and we always debate that just here in Oklahoma because that mindset was already here starting in 1888 it was a it, they I mean that that was the Oklahoma was the promised land for black people they want it, it was you was free from Jim and Jane Crow you was free from you could just build your life your family and there was no segregation and we were booming, right? Mm-hmm. We were booming because we had, and you know, my father, we failed this generation. And he said, because we, they fought so much that they wanted to, they didn't want us to fight. So we lost the fight, That's true. you know, so we didn't even realize we were still in change because we don't move, you know, mm-hmm. until you move you realize you have changed right you know exactly. so but go back to sherry's question about mm-hmm. how, how how do we get people to follow us and we just have to continue to lead by mm-hmm. you know That's my right. son just and just two days before we went i didn't realize how much time i lost with him because for years we've been here on the front lines fighting 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 my life work, her getting something to eat, dragging with me to this. And that's how long I've been doing that. And I didn't realize it till, you know, we were sitting there having dinner together before he left. And I was like, God, I miss so much time. But he said to me, I appreciate what you do. Yeah. Really that 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 made me really feel good. We had our little crying session. Mm. But he appreciated what I, you know, to hear your child say that to you, that was just you know, amazing. But, you know, he had a uh, a note on his window because his window on his side don't roll down. Mm-hmm. And he had a note on the back said, police don't roll down. And I said, you put that up there? He said, well, you yeah. I don't think that I'm reaching for that's why I have 
what I have to do. You see what I'm saying? I got got to keep doing it. I got you. I got you. Well, look here. We're going to go to the phone line and answer uh, these lines right quick. Okay. 419, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello, Bobby. Yes, this is Bobby Eaton. And where are you calling from? um, I'm calling from uh, Toledo, Ohio. My name is Peter Benning. Okay, Peter. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Um, this is the first time I heard your I, I saw you on Facebook. My attention. And okay. then I got to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I lived there for two years back in uh, 1669. My father mm-hmm. was uh, director of the Urban League back then for a couple of years. Okay. And, uh, and I uh, ended up going to McLean High School. I experienced that racism the whole time. It was kind of rough. I want to say hello to your staff there, um, Dr. Stephanie and everyone there. You know, hello. Okay. And, um, yeah. Yeah, man, I'm glad. I'm glad you got a chance. How is it up in Toledo? What's going on up there? You guys okay? Yeah, we're doing all right. Um, It's pretty much a melting pot as far as races. You know, it's not really – any type of big thing. Uh got a little gang, some black gang, you know, but that's about it. But other than that, it's you know uh, okay. everybody get along pretty good. We got a, we got mixed people in the office, you know. We got black folks mm-hmm. and white folks in the office. You know. And I'm okay. a I'm a fairly I'm a fairly like complacent brother. Take a McLean or a white okay. uh, it was mm-hmm. crazy. Anyway, so gotcha, uh, man. Well, hey, I want to commend you on what you're doing there and everything and um, uh, your community stuff going on and history. Appreciate it very much. And we'll continue to keep up. God bless y'all and your endeavors, okay. all of you. Thank you, Peter. Okay. All right. Let's see who we got here. Here's code 281. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show. Yes, Bobby. How you yes. doing? Yes. How are we doing, my brother? Doing fine, doing fine, man. Your program is very, very good what you're doing. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. You got any comments about what's going on? Uh, yes, actually, I'm, I'm, um, Tulsa is, is really my home. I was born and okay. raised in North Tulsa, just like I guess everyone else that was there probably was themselves and, um, uh, I was thinking about what you said. There was a time, Bobby, I can remember as a kid, man, in the 60s, I did not have to have dealings with any any Caucasians. Because if mm-hmm. I wanted to go get food or meat, I can go to the field. If mm-hmm. I needed bread, vegetables and bread, I could go to Redbud. Mm-hmm. If I got sick, I can go right down Pine Street to Moton Hospital where two of my siblings were born. We're talking about 50 years ago, we, we were self-sufficient. So really, when the integration thing came along, I really kind of think it hurt us as a as a people because we would we had to depend on the others. If they feel about us and the way they look at us, we were less than. So the services and the goods and the education that we were going to receive was less than as well. Mm-hmm. But I want to compare commend you, man. I always tell you that you're the voice of North Tulsa, and how I know that I I lived in Tulsa. I knew you then, and I, but I came to Houston, Texas, and you're already here. 
when I got here, Bobby. So I want to commend yeah, you on what you're doing because you're definitely a voice for North Tulsa, and that's what we're lacking. Uh, the ladies that were on there were speaking some real powerful things. So keep the communication yeah. lines open for us, Bobby. We really need you, man, and what you're doing and what you represent. Well, thank you, and, my uh, brother. Yeah, although I've been in Houston, Tulsa is my home. All that Tulsa black is my home, all and we do need a back. We need some black grocery stores. We need we 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 hurting bad, man. Yeah, and I well, know I can do it all big, by myself. You know, no, you I'm can't, you can't do it by yourself, man. Yeah, can't do it by myself. Well, thank you, brother, for calling in. Man, continue to listen, okay? I will, man. Love you now, brother, and, and God right. bless. Okay. Okay. Area code three three two. You're on the Bob Eden show. Okay. Let's don't go there. Let's try this one. Area code nine one Hello? Hello, you're on the Bobby Eden show. Hey, hey Bobby, what's up? It's Nehemiah. Hey, Nehemiah Frank. Okay. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yes, I wanted to uh, continue that conversation you guys were having on education and kind of uh, about like, you know, how uh, we had some failure of integration. Um, I think there's something to be said about after uh, civil rights icons like Clara Lupa, after our schools integrated, we didn't see as many uh, foot soldiers in the, uh, you know, the after the after days of the civil rights movement. And I think it was because when Clara Looper was teaching her her students, you know, she was teaching to a black school, so she was able to talk about those types of things, you know, comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing, you know, when it comes to um, HBCUs, a lot of those civil rights icons come out of you know, these black spaces. And, uh, you know, since integration's happened, we don't really have those same types of black spaces as much. So I think that you know, probably the reason why we're not seeing as much movement as we used to. Okay. Yep. Great, man. Well, I'm glad you called in, you know, to give your perspective of how things are rolling and continue to listen. Thank you. All right. Let's see, man. We got to call it how people want to talk. <laughs> Let's see. We got to go on because we got to listen to them. Area code nine one eight zero four. Is that you? Okay, they don't want to talk. But wait. Now that we answered a few phone calls, so what is the word I want to use for this? Is how do we, our people, educated? To know about who they are and how they can be an assistant to one here in our community to uplift us. What's where do we start? Do we our kids, the babies? Do we educate? Where do we go? I, I truly believe that we have to create a culture. Cultures change. We have to create a culture which is a set of values, a set of principles that we agree on. Because, you know, um, as my mother said, when they were coming up, they had communities. We no longer have communities. We have neighborhoods. 
You know, a lot of us. And you being, don't even know your neighbors. You don't even know your neighbors. You spend more, you know, the only time that you really spend in your neighborhood is when you sleep or maybe eating. The, the consequences have totally changed. It, it, it isn't fair. So once you break that down and understand that that's, you have to start there. With, 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 it takes a village. It takes a village, but it only takes a village when people understand that they are a part of a village. Mm-hmm. And it's not I, I, I. It's we, we, so we. Do you think people are more selfish today than they've ever been? Yes, I do. People are more selfish um, because it's all about just me and mine. You know, you hear people always say that to worry about me and mine, but we're not looking at the greater picture. We're not looking at being a part of something bigger than ourselves. We just we just want to get by. Mm-hmm. And I get it because this this work that we do is so stressful. Sometimes I wish I saw all I had to worry about was go to work, go home, watch the Golden Girls get up. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. back over, start again. But you, it, you know, people don't want to feel the stress, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we just get numb to it because you know it it is truly stressful. Oh, it can be stressful. Uh, yeah, it's very stress, stressful. So and, I want Tiffany to chime in on that when we talk about what Mike, what Bobby just said about selfishness, but what really changed in the community besides selfishness? There has to be a bigger paradigm in the room for um, people to change. Money. Money. That I mean, money is it because you know, you want you want a better way of life for your family. I get it. We get stuck in jobs and positions and titles and you know, that frowns upon your oppression and you get quiet to it. And you just, you know, you just want to live a normal life. That's really what it, what it boils down to. 